Assistant Daughters Podcast. This is Ada, and I have a special guest here today. <laughs> she wants to go by the name of Nancy, and I'll let her tell you why she chose Nancy, and I think it's a great, uh, it's a great reason to go by this name. Go ahead. <laughs> because I think Nancy Rigdon is a badass. Yeah. <laughs> she has my total admiration. Yeah, so. she, she rejected Joseph's, um, what, his advances. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, him trying to marry her when she was, what, 18, 19 or something. Um, so this is my good friend. We She reached out to me, oh, has it been like a month? It's been almost two months ago, months probably. probably. Yeah. And we went to lunch a little while ago and spent like, how long did we Four spend? hours. <laughs> Four hours. Yeah. This poor little restaurant. They could not get rid of us. We just took it's up so residence. Fun, though. So it was fun. so fun. I seriously, and after that lunch, I was like, I just couldn't stop thinking about you. I was like, she's the best. She's just pretty much the best. Awesome. We we were meant to be friends. So yeah. I'm so excited to have you here today and and tell your story. Um, I okay. I have to tell you one little thing. So when you first emailed me, and you told me a little bit about yourself and and that you're a grandma, but you're a young grandma. But you, I, I that. You know, I made a note of that, like you were grandma, and then you used the word fuck in your email. And I was like, you said it. <laughs> I was like, okay, I know I love her because she's a grandma saying the word fuck. Um, it's just the best thing ever. I don't know why, but that just endeared me to you so much. But but I should say again, you're a very young grandma. She's not that much oh. older than me. I could be a grandma oh, too. I'm but pretty old, but for some reason, just saying grandma, I don't, what is that? But yes. The fact that you said the F word just cracked me up. And I was like, we have to be friends. So. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. So, I will let you kind of introduce yourself and, like, start wherever you want to start with your journey, your story, okay. whatever. Okay. Um, I was raised in a very orthodox Mormon family. Yeah. Um, probably not the... <laughs> I, I just, I talk about my mom who who pretty much run the house, but she didn't have a lot of follow through. So ah, okay. like our, our best family home evenings were the ones where we planned the family home evenings for the year. And then oh, they kind oh, of, throughout yeah. the year, they just kind of dwindled off. Yes. But they, they were truly believing members and they, they tried to do everything that they were supposed to do. Um, grew up with a lot of guilt. My mom is the master of Ooh, guilt. Oh, yeah. And guilt so, trip, the mother yeah, guilt trip. Yeah, yes. that's how she learned to control her kids, basically. Yeah. And so, anyway, so yeah, I grew up with a lot of that. And um, where did you fall in your family in terms of birth I'm, order? I'm third. You're third yeah. of seven. Seven. Okay. And they were spread out over three different decades. So there yeah. were three of us in the '60s, two in the '70s, and two in the in the '80s. 80s. So you were all kind of far apart. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's kind so, of unique. Like, yeah. I don't know. My family, nine kids in 16 years. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the norm. Yeah. Know, like every other year. Yeah. Yeah. Nurse them for two years, then have another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that it? Yes. Totally. Well, anyway, so. So basically, the, your normal Mormon upbringing, except for in my teenage years, I kind of, not kind of, I rebelled. I yeah. was, I went through a phase where. I purposely would wear things to make people talk. Oh yeah. yes, yeah. Did you kind of like so, crave some attention, sort of? I think or to it like... was more along the lines as I identified the hypocrisy ah. and could not stand it. I mean, yeah. there was a lady in our ward who 
her her son was constantly hitting on me, asking me out. She was always on my mom for allowing me to date before 16, oh. but it was her son that was what? asking me out. Yeah. And so, anyway, I never went out with him because he was gross. Yeah. But, but yeah. Well, just... isn't it crazy that she would even have an opinion about when oh, you're yeah. dating? Like, yeah. what a nosy. <laughs> yeah. But when you grow it's up, because like... I grew up in a very small community, there was no separation mm. between church and community. Yeah. It was all just blended in together. And so, yeah. so you were everybody's business. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, okay. So I would purposely wear really short or cut you know high cut dresses and stuff yeah to make make people talk I had a pair of zipper pants oh do you know what they are no <laughs> so, so instead of a crotch seam it's a zipper that goes oh, all the way like around the, the the zipper just goes all the uh-huh. way to the back yeah oh I yeah. have heard of and those. I, okay. that was scandalous that is scandalous, scandalous. yeah so <laughs> anyway <laughs> so I would purposely do that and then one of my very good friends was gay, and oh, so and this was in was, the sixties. Well, no, I mean it would have been late seventies. Yeah, you were mm-hmm. you were a teenager or whatever. Yeah, so seventies. Yeah. Um, so. Interesting. So they were openly gay. He was. Yeah. He. Interesting. I mean, I don't. I don't even think he was sexually active, but he was. Right. He was. You know. He yeah, was, but he knew he was attracted they, to they men. They called him effeminate. Yes, effeminate. <laughs> Yeah. So, anyway, but oh yeah, very attracted to men. We were both attracted to the same. Um, yeah. <laughs> because we talk about your crushes together and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, he would wear my clothes. Oh, oh and he looked better in them than me. That used to make me so mad. <laughs> No. Anyway, yeah, we bought the same shoes. We bought the same pair wow. of shoes. And, yeah, That's just, a really unique experience in oh, the he 70s. Was, he was awesome. Was he, was he terribly, uh, like, I would shunned him in the community? Mm-hmm. Abused. And that so breaks my that heart. was another thing in my teenage that was my teenagehood that was just kind of out of the norm. And Yeah, and you saw yeah. him as being a good human, oh, he a was beautiful the best. person. I mean, he knew before you did if you needed a hug. He yeah. was just that intuitive. Yeah, to, to people's needs. and So it was like was when just... you would get taught things, negative things about gay people mm-hmm. from the church, you knew that was bullshit. You're I did. Like, this is not yeah. true. Okay, I good. did. So my shelf items started very, very young because yeah. if, if, if you think of Christ-like behavior, mm-hmm. his behavior, even though he was tons of fun, but yeah. his, his behavior was better than most of the people judging me yeah. at church. and you could see that. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was very evident. Yeah. You know, but... How did your mom feel about you hanging out with she, him? Was she there really any... didn't mind that okay, much. Good. He, yeah. yeah, he was... I don't know. She didn't say much about that. Yeah. But to say he was gay, nobody even... That wasn't a word. They just didn't use that word. Oh, you know? really? It just you. He was just a feminine. Oh, interesting. Guy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so, so as far as sexual behavior, I didn't even think of that. He was just. Yeah. He was just tons of fun. Yeah. So he okay. used to. We'd go shopping. <laughs> He's never been south, but <laughs> but he would pick up this southern accent when he was about to tell me that looks like crap. Oh yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> darling. I hate to hurt your feelings, but <laughs> like the I bless knew, your heart. I knew thing. just go right back into the dressing dressing room. Oh, I love that he could tell you the truth. Oh, he was and... he was the he was awesome. See, I needed so. a gay best friend. I really did. Oh, yeah, Ugh, I love yeah. that. They, wonderful. He yeah. was just an awesome guy. So, and would so have been if he was straight. He was just you know yeah, what I mean. Right, it just right. an awesome guy. Yeah. So. 
Anyway. And so you were rebelling kind of against the status quo a little bit. Did your mm-hmm. mom freak out about the things you oh, were yeah. wearing? Oh, yeah. oh yes. Yeah. I mean, she drugged me out of a, a basketball game once because I was wearing the leather pants. Oh, good. And, and made me change. Go so, home and change. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. So anyway. Yeah. yeah. So okay. you kind of describe your mom as being more of the, uh, what's the word? Domineering? Maybe domineering, but I guess what I mean is like like the rule setter and and she like laid down the yeah. hammer yes. about Definitely. what to do more than your dad. But yes. you grew up with your dad, right? They were uh-huh. married. Oh yeah. yeah, they were married. But she was definitely more the yes. in charge person. Absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. how my family was too. Yep. Yeah. And so and even if if there was an argument, she used guilt uh-huh. on him as well. Oh, good, yeah. And so, anyway, she's just a master of that. And I love her. She's still living. Yeah. And I love her to pieces, but I've learned not to let the guilt get to me. I totally know. I wish we could repair our relationship at this point, Mm -hmm. but, you know, there's some things I'd like to work on, but... Yeah, it's hard. Because, and I have the same kind of conflict of, like, I love my mom, but there's things that were not okay that mm-hmm. and still that are not okay and that I still have to work through. So it's mm-hmm. not a, it's not a, like, it's not simple, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My mom today is if we get into a discussion about something and as long as she, she has talking points, as long as she can mm-hmm. hold her own in the argument, then things are fine. But if not, she turns on me personally. Uh-huh. Does that like make sense? Attack, yeah. 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 Because then it's just, I can so, only get defensive in this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You, you just drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah. Which is ironic. It's her favorite scene. <laughs> I know, very right? very ironic. Let's <laughs> talk about that Kool-Aid, Mom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So, anyway. Okay. But I, I do, I love her, and I, I know where she's at. I'm, I'm to a point now where I can just say, everybody is where they need to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And my mom, I mean, she's up there in years and to, to accept the, the fact that the church isn't true, it, it would just, I think it's yeah. too late. Yeah, she Does that make sense? It. Yeah, it so, totally makes sense. Anyway, Same with my mom. Yeah. yeah. Because in all honesty, as I was growing up, I noticed there were some things that really bothered her about mm-hmm. the church, the patriarchy, because she is, I mean, I think I told you before, if she was born in a different place, she would probably be one of those bra-burning feminists in yeah. the 60s. Yeah. She, she was that, you know. Yeah. That's she was a strong, powerful, independent woman. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's why she is so frustrated now, is because she just she never was able to express who she really was. And mm, so, so I can kind of see that. Yeah, but anyway, for so, sure. Yeah. So, so anyway, um, I got married very, very young. Okay. And after that, and and I got pregnant like within a year and a half after we got married. Okay. And um. We, I, it started to scare me. The mm. Parenthood scared me to mm. the point where I don't know how to do this. Yeah, well, nobody without, knows. It's just like yeah. thrown on you. If if I'm not in that church culture, do you oh. know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I wouldn't know how to parent because that's the only parenting I saw. Right, right. You know, and that's yeah. the only parenting I knew. And so, and can I back up just one second? Mm-hmm. So, um, you got married very young. Did you get married in the temple? No. Okay, so was that a whole thing? I mean, oh. maybe not necessarily. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know how many times she's, my mom would 
she would say, you know, you could, you guys could hurry and get ready. You could hurry and get ready. Well, mm. we were having sex. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, mom, we're not going to get ready. We're you know, gonna we're ready. not going to yeah. get ready. And so. And so that yeah. was probably like a disappointment and you oh, felt bad. Yeah. yeah. Not only that, but my older brother had basically started drinking and fallen away from the church by then. Mm. And so she's, mm. oh, that's another thing. She goes through this. I'm a failure. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, empty table. I'm gonna have an empty table at heaven. Oh, I just feel I now yeah. that I'm on this side, I just wanna I would like to wrap my arms around her and say, Mom, it's uh-huh. okay. It's, yeah, you know. But she won't listen to any Yeah. She's been so. taught her whole life that it's her responsibility, mm-hmm. first of all, to get all of you guys to heaven. Mm-hmm. And then also that it's that it's it's very like black and white thinking right. of like if you guys make a mistake, it's my fault and I'm gonna be left alone in heaven, whatever, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Mm-hmm. What I and I think my mom has come a long ways in terms of that and she doesn't believe that anymore, but she used to very much and feel just a lot of pain and suffering about that. Yeah. But it's because that's what the church taught them to feel. Yeah. And how crazy is that to set someone up to be responsible for someone else's behavior <laughs> when you have no control? Yeah. I mean, that's a recipe they make for you disaster. believe you do have control, yeah. which is so bad. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, it's cruel, yeah. if you ask me. Yeah. I think that's Well, cruel. and it's very codependent. And yeah. the church wants you to be codependent in all your relationships. Right. Parent, child, spouse, soul relationships. Yeah. It's right. just. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so as I we were, I, I was expecting our first child, and so, so we got reactivated into the church. And mm, so yeah. they actually sent. They weren't missionaries, but they were guys in the ward who came and taught us the missionary lessons. Because my oh. husband had actually joined another church. Oh, he, he'd gone through the um, where you just accept Christ. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he anyway. was originally Mormon. Uh huh. Okay, and raised so... Mormon. But he was raised in a totally different family dynamic. His yeah. dad drank really heavily. He was. Mm. You know, and so he joined a different church, mm-hmm. and I think he was just looking for something to fill yeah, a void. To fill a void. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, how long would you guys have been inactive in the church? Just a few years or whatever before the missionary, before the people in the ward came to teach. Yeah, you just a few years. Okay, and then so they came and taught you mm-hmm. discussions. Yeah, we actually received like the missionary member. discussions. Oh, the yeah. actual missionary yep. discussions. Yeah, they were Crazy. they were returned missionaries from a long time ago. I yeah, 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 yeah. And so, but they taught us the missionary discussions, and we reactivated. Then we took the temple classes, Oof, yeah. which they call them temple prep. No, <laughs> it does not. There's no you. prep. There's, There's no prep. No yeah, prep. Yeah. So, so we had been married about a year and a half. Our daughter was one month old mm. when we went through the temple. Okay. And oh my gosh, I still have PTSD. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was awful. Yeah. I just was not prepared for the for all the ritual mm-hmm. stuff. The that chanting. Was, yes, and the 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 garbs that you wear. Um, yeah, <laughs> you go in there <laughs> and you are not prepared to right. see what you see and to do what you do. Yeah. Right. And and not to mention the fact that just a year and a half earlier, we had been married, and I had had just I had made a, a point of telling the bishop who married us, 
I will not say obey. And I got that from Princess Diana, or at least what the oh. magazine said the Princess Diana said. <laughs> she, yeah, yeah. She didn't want to say obey. Anyway, yeah, and that so... Yeah, you will promise to obey your husband. Yeah, okay. yeah. Anyway, supposedly she had said that, and I don't know whether she really did or not, or if I oh. just read that. But anyway, and I thought that was cool. So I had told him, I will not say obey. Okay. And so it wasn't in our... our Vows, original you know, vows. our original vows, and then I get to the temple. I mean, this is pre nineteen ninety, and so there <sighs> it is. And not only that, but all of the, oh, the death oath. Oh my gosh, I was sick to my stomach. The deer in the headlight look mm-hmm. was not mine. That was my mother's who was trying to keep me in my seat. Yeah, she was my guardian. What do you call um, it? Yeah. Escort. Escort. Yeah, she was my escort and. And I, I seriously just wanted to leave. It, I'm very sensitive to animals. Mm. And I just, <laughs> I don't know why I thought it, but I thought, if they even so much as bring a dove out from, <laughs> from that curtain, I am leaving. <laughs> so as you're sitting in the temple, you actually had the thought that we might start sacrificing yes. an animal. Yes. Oh, my it God. It occurred to me because... It was so foreign yeah, to what, that never I mean, to me. oh, we have man. nothing like that in our sacrament meetings. No. Do you know what I mean? And then, and then all these, this, these, this clothing and stuff that just mm-hmm. didn't fit. And oh, I remember I thinking, like, this is oh, not the church I was raised in. No. This is not the same church. I yeah. don't know what is happening right now. Yes. That's yeah. my thoughts. Exactly. Yeah. And so I was just, I was afraid of that. I mean, mm-hmm. in the back of my mind, that shows you how young and stupid I was, I guess, but I kept looking at the altar and thinking, no, that's too white. Are they were going to sacrifice It's too white. I'm so glad that that did not occur to me. Because oh. I'm very attached to animals, too. I would have had a very hard time even having that thought cross my mind. Thank God. Yeah. It, it was just it was just awful. And then I, I, I told you before how claustrophobic I am. I mean, mm. severely claustrophobic. I had mm-hmm. a traumatic experience as a child. Mm-hmm. But... And, and so when they made us veil our faces mm. and the air, my, my breath started coming back on me. Mm-hmm. I was like panicking. Starting to like hyperventilate oh, a little it was bit. awful. It yeah. was awful. And then, oh, and the washing and anointing thing. So my baby was only a month old. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> okay. You were breastfeeding. That's what totally just came to my mind. Yes, oh yes. shit. Yeah. So if there are any men listening, I'm sorry. But... No. I mean, you you have nothing on but a shield. Uh-huh. I hadn't nursed my baby in almost three hours. Oh no! And did you I'm just let down? Oh, yes, God. and I'm just like, this is awful. <laughs> you may want to edit this part. No, I don't know, but it was just so terrible. humiliating oh, for a young was, girl. Yes, oh, and I was squeamish about him touching me, and mm-hmm. it was a terrible experience. And then I was, I was overwhelmed by the verbiage they were using like I would mm. was very keenly aware of the verbiage like to your husband and um you know priestess to your husband and mm. you know what I mean where yeah. he was saying to God I was making all my covenants to him. to him and I think that part's changed too I think it has anyway but, but yeah like you are giving yourself to him and yes. he just has to receive you yes. right or something like and that and polygamy had always bothered me I did not know at the time that Joseph Smith had practiced it but okay. it, it bothered but me you knew it was a thing yeah I knew yeah. it was a thing and so I identified right away in the ceremony mm. that this is about his godhood, not mine. Mm. And I am just being Very given perceptive. 
to him. Mm-hmm. And I'm only 18. As, as property. Yeah, as property. Oh, you were only 18? I was 18. Oh, I'm so and sorry. And so at that moment, and this just makes me sick that I did this, but... As we, and then in the ceiling also, it would it come up too because the ceiling says something to the effect that you give he, yourself mm-hmm. to him. But he doesn't have to say that. No. His is just receive you. Uh-huh. And I picked up on that. I don't know why. Yeah. I've talked to many people that are like, I didn't notice that. Yeah. But I picked up on it. And I knew at that moment that I was just a number. Mm. And so... I made, <laughs> my daughter asked me the other day, so you subconsciously did that? And I was, there was no subconscious about it. I made a mental decision. I would not give myself 100% to him. Mm. I'm not going to get him 100%. I'm not going to give myself my 100% to him either. And it's almost like a guarded, like a protection that I yeah. put up. Yeah. I mean, we hadn't been married two years. So when they tell I, you to bow your head and say yes, mm-hmm. you're like, Yes, but really no. Is that what you were? <laughs> no, I was I was like, oh, yes, but I was not going to throughout this life. Yeah. I, I just looked at, I'm like, okay, well, my children can never replace me. Right. But he will just, can eventually just make me a number. Mm-hmm. And so I gave a lot more of myself emotionally, even time to my kids, to kids. and my grandkids. This carried oh, on for... Yeah. The second generation. Yeah, so almost in a way, it put a wedge between you and your husband. Oh, absolutely. And did Mm -hmm. you feel like kind of some resentment towards him, even though it wasn't his fault? It wasn't his fault. And he didn't realize that. I've asked him like since then, did you you realize what they were saying? Did you realize what I had to say? It didn't even dawn on him. Yeah, he's just like, no, what's the big deal? But, But it was almost like I started punishing him for an affair he hadn't had yet. Wow. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and I was very young, and it was young in our marriage. And I think about that wasted time now, and yeah. I get so mad. Yeah. I won't drop the F-bomb. I get so mad. <laughs> you totally mad. can. <laughs> I because, like it, you know. Because it was like when we... When we find when we did leave the church, I'm not leave, but anyway, when I come to that conclusion, hey, this isn't real. Uh-huh. It was almost like instantaneous mm. that I dropped that. Mm. I I didn't resent him anymore. Yeah, you know what I mean because he's not going to be able to make me a number. Yeah, you know. And I when I realized that 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 part of the church at least was not true, uh-huh. our relationship, every part of our relationship. Sex. Yeah. Was it, you know what I yeah. mean? Got way better. Yeah, everything Aww. just improved. Because you didn't have that, like, barrier, that mm-hmm. wall built up yeah. around you saying, you're not going to hurt me. Yeah. Because that's like a, so. that's like a, a coping mechanism yeah. of, like, protecting yourself. It, it was. It, definitely a protection. Ugh. It's like, I am going to guard the, at least part of myself mm-hmm. because you can make me a number. Just, mm-hmm. and I gave it, I gave so it all yucky. to my kids. I gave everything to my kids because in my mind, it was like, well, they can never replace me. Even wow. if I die, you know, and, so and he remarries, they can never replace me. But and he so, can. He can. Yeah. Wow. I wonder if that's so, a common, I've maybe wondered even that too. subconscious. I don't know if it's always that conscious the way it was for you, but like, 
I feel like a lot of Mormon women, they just throw themselves into motherhood full mm-hmm. force mm-hmm. and they completely neglect that relationship with their husband, mm-hmm. just knowing that like, well, I'm not that important to him. Mm-hmm. It does. It makes me wonder how many women yeah. feel that way. Yeah. And I do know because I read um, Carolyn Pearson's book on polygamy. I can't remember the oh, yeah. name of it. Um, ghost. It's got a ghost on it. Yeah. Something about circling yeah. the wagons. Go, right. No, ghost, ghost of, of eternal polygamy. polygamy. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know what? She was right. She is right. It she is, is right. seriously a ghost that just is always in the back of, of Mormon women's mind. Yep. It's a, it's a cloud looming over us. That they try not to acknowledge, that they think they don't have to face, but it's there. Mm, that's what I it totally is there. did. I completely just tried not to ever acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. I legitimately thought, well, that just doesn't apply to me. It's not yeah. going to apply to me. Yeah. I don't I don't care. Like, I'm just not going to think about it. I'm not going to acknowledge mm-hmm. it. I'm not going to recognize it as an actual thing. And yeah. I just buried it. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of women do. Yeah. But for some reason, I was just aware of it. I yeah. was just like, and I, I noticed the, like I say, the verbiage almost leads you to, mm-hmm. to that point. Yeah. You know? so, Ooh, freaky. So anyway. after that temple experience, did that make you never want to go back to the yes. temple again. Yeah. And I didn't for the longest time. It was probably two or three years. And yeah. I th- well, it was when our temple recommends were expiring. Mm. And I went in because the bishop, I think we signed up. I can't remember. but And the bishop said, you just don't understand it. Because mm. you, you told him you didn't mm-hmm. like the temple. I, I told him how uncomfortable it made yeah. me. And I did not like this death oath things and mm-hmm. and it just made me really he's like oh it's fine that's gone now <laughs> well it wasn't we got rid of that. it wasn't oh, then God. you know it was still but he just told me you need to go more and you will understand it and then mm. you you'll you'll become more comfortable with it and I did we did go back and I got to where it didn't bother me but now I look at that and I realize what I did yeah. I, I was desensitizing yeah I was removing myself from the situation every time we went just so that I didn't have it's to like brainwashing your own self. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ooh, that's so dangerous. Mm, yeah. You know, like doubt your doubts. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Who does that? Anyway. Yeah. So, anyway, that's that's where. Yeah, that temple experience. We yeah. Experience. So, yep. And then we oh. went about raising our family. Had four kids, and boom, boom, boom. We had three girls in two and a half years. And wow. Holy yeah. Crap. And that was because the religion tells you. That's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, and then we had a, a break before we got our son. But anyway, it was, it was so. But yeah, and and just as we were we were married and raising kids, I was really busy. You yeah, know, just uh, busy, yeah, busy. I'm sure. But there were several things that just started adding to my shelf. The polygamy thing was always there. The LBGT thing. LGBT. Yeah, was. It just bothered me mm-hmm. really, really bad because mm-hmm. I had family members, is it about 2008? All my kids were in school, I know. Okay. But that actually canvassed parts of California oh, with yes. Prop 8 uh-huh. and, and took literature out that was paid for by the church. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That just really bothered me. Really. Yeah. And so I had to shelf all this because I was, I had to say, well, he's, they're a prophet and they, yeah. You know how you do. Yeah, you know? and the LGBTQ thing was already on your shelf mm-hmm. because of your best friend in high school. Yeah. And then that just added to it, right? Yeah. And and then also in 91, 
Hustard ball. You have to Aww. edit it if I ball. No, but... I have to edit it if you ball. <laughs> but anyway, he died of AIDS. Mm. And he he died completely alone. Anyway, and I sick. I did not have the courage or I don't know what it was. I just I didn't even go see him. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's so hard. That's one of those things that, because I know, like, when I left the church, and there are so many things that I feel shame about, about the way I treated people or about things I said or did. And that's part of this whole process, mm-hmm. right? Of just, like, I didn't know better. Like, giving yourself some grace about that and, like, not knowing how to deal with that situation, you know? And I try and not beat myself up over it. But it's like my daughter, she's always saying, when you you know better, you do better. But I can't make it up to him. Yeah, it's not something you can go back and fix. You don't get a redo on it. Right. And I can't do better for him. Yeah. And it just makes me so sad. I just, I hope there's a heaven so he can... Eventually, yeah. forgive me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for it. But also, I can explain where I was at. But. Yeah, and anyway. and I think he knows. I think I think he has to know. I hope so. And I was gonna say, you do better the next time you're put in a situation like that, right? Yeah. The next time something like that happens, you're not gonna let that. Oh, uh, yeah. You're not gonna let that opportunity pass, yes. right? And my family and knows. And that's a big deal. Yeah. My my kids know if I ever have. I'm, so far, all of my kids are straight. Mm-hmm. But if I ever have a gay grandchild, oh, that yeah. grandchild and their partner will be invited to Thanksgiving. And if you don't like it, yeah. you don't need to then come. Then you don't come. Because yeah. I will never do that to ever again yeah so yeah not anyway. that's that's how I feel not in my family that's not that's gonna right. be a thing yeah yeah so mm. anyway so that was a that was a shelf item and then 2015 just mm. I was so close to just leaving mm. with the November policy yeah I gotta stop crying no it's okay you can cry all you want <laughs> Anyway, it's okay to have feelings. You know me; I always have lots of feelings. I was just—I was just thinking. You can't talk about him, or you're gonna cry. So. But I think it's anyway. so meaningful to share those things. I know some people really hate to cry in front of people, but I think it's really meaningful, and it helps other people to recognize the the pain in in you know real people's stories mm-hmm. and what people have had to deal with and that's pain that was inflicted because of the church well and then there was there were social things too at the time aids was not you didn't know much about it i mean people were afraid of mosquitoes oh yeah the aids epidemic turned into this whole fear-mongering thing and the church by the way loved that oh i think so they fed off of that Mm -hmm. because because i remember one of the apostles i can't remember who it was talking about how it was the the curse of the hmm. something, the latter days or something. I Maybe. can't remember how yeah, exactly know. how it was worded, but yeah, they did. it's like well, they're gay and they're getting mm-hmm. their payback for yeah. for sinning or whatever, yeah. which is and such it, bullshit. Yeah. And it, and it, yeah, <laughs> it, it is such bullshit. But yeah. it, anyway, so but I used that as an excuse. I seriously did. Mm-hmm. It was like mm-hmm. I did not have the courage to go see him. That's the honest to gosh truth. Yeah, you know, it was it wasn't about the you know, the health, 
problems that could be, you know, yeah. it wasn't that. I didn't have the courage to stand up to go see him. Yeah. Oh, anyway, so heartbreaking. So, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so, so these these shelf items just kept, you know, kept building and yeah. the patriarchy thing and the polygamy thing and and you know this the gay issue and it just was this the shelf just kept yeah talk getting about pretty the heavy. proverbial shelf yeah. and it was it and was, those are the I think those heavy. are the three main things that are on everyone's shelf when they leave mm-hmm. like they're like the foundational items on the shelf think, for almost for everybody, everybody. Yeah. I mean almost everybody I talk to it's like polygamy LGBTQ mm-hmm. issues you know it's because always, it's so wrong it's you can so see wrong. how yeah. wrong that is and how anti-christian do you know what i mean if there's anything that teaches a that that is against christ's teachings that that just bothered me and i just could see the so that was back in 91 Uh you were still you had young kids Mm -hmm. you know you were in the throes of motherhood and newly endowed member and getting back to church and all Mm -hmm. that stuff okay and oh calling after calling after calling yeah i mean i had three little kids and I was put in one calling after another and mm-hmm. not given a break and it was but I didn't feel like I could say no you don't yeah. say no you don't say no you know and yeah so I look back on that time and I think how in the world you know yeah not to mention the fact that I feel like I had to do PTA and I had to do <sighs> you know all these other things you have and, to be super mom yeah super mom yeah. so like so. all the pressures were you a stay-at-home mom at this time mm-hmm Okay. Yeah, I was just But there was all this pressure to be perfect, to mm-hmm. do everything, to be a part of everything, mm-hmm. and to never say no, of course. And this this stay at home mom was kind of a a blessing and then not a blessing. I hate to use that word anymore. Yeah, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like on on one note, it was nice to not have to divide myself. Yeah. But on the second note, it was. It's, it's kind of like the frosted mini wheat, you know, the whole oh. side and the frosted side, <laughs> yeah. you know. But it it was no identity, no, oh, yes. no, not outside whatsoever. of motherhood. I had no money, no friends. No, I mean, no I social life, no social life, you know, whatsoever. Unless they had children, and then we were all busy mm-hmm. watching their kids, each other's kids, know? and yeah, and yeah. at church, and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and so that was really hard, mm-hmm. and so. So that kind of leads me to, <laughs> yeah. In in two thousand nine, I had I had gone back to school, and finished oh. my degree. Okay. And was and we had some. This is moving way forward. Our kids were our oldest was married and okay. anyway, and our we had two in college and anyway. Yeah. So your kids are yeah. kind of grown now mm-hmm. and you go back to I school back to, to get school. a degree. Mm-hmm. I finished okay. my degree. Okay. And, um, and then I tried to start my career and we had a family situation that was just so much stress. Yeah. So with one of our grandsons and, um, and the, the career part was just falling apart yeah. because I could I just couldn't balance everything. Yeah. And I felt like I'd let everything let everybody down. And I started having what they diagnosed as panic attacks. Okay. And um and they were panic attacks. I mean they were yeah. seriously panic attacks. I would be standing at work and just couldn't move my legs. Mm. I, re- I remember the feeling I have to go to the bathroom. 
but I couldn't move my legs to go. Mm, yeah, and like constant, paralyzed. Yes, yeah, paralysis. Yeah. And not just not just my limbs, but my eyes and my, my heart felt like it was beating out of my chest and mm. and just really, you know, like extreme thirst and I mean they were And just, you're probably scared oh when this is happening to you. Yeah. Extremely. yeah. You like think, yeah. Am I dying right now? Well and I come from a family with heart problems. Oh, so yeah. it's like, you know, that's what I'm thinking. So mm-hmm. I, anyway I go to the doctor and he prescribes it's called the Ativan. Okay. And it's an anti anxiety Okay. Nobody told me it was addicting. So is it one of those kind of like Xanax where you take it when you're having a panic attack and it's a no, quick release? It, it or it's, supposed it's to one be, of those daily dose? Yeah, it's okay. a daily dose thing. And okay. But you're supposed to take it at a certain time. Okay. And, it, and you were never told it was addictive, which mm-hmm. I didn't know. I don't know anything about out of that. Nope. But okay. And, and there's still very little information on the, mm. how addicting it is but anyway okay. um and so I was getting to the point where I would be watching my watch if it was a mm. time to take that pill just mm. to, you know what I mean and and not having enough pills and I went in because you're, you have to take it with an antidepressant and the antidepressant okay. was causing some side effects so I went in back into the doctor and he prescribed, actually it was the she that time, so it was the female doctor, but anyway, she prescribed a different antidepressant, okay. but at the same time, she rewrote the Ativan. Ah, so and you now so had... I now had two prescriptions. Oof. And I was working two different pharmacies, mm. and, or not working, but I was, yeah. I was using two different pharmacies, and yeah. I knew I was in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> it was become... I, I was taking so many. I look back on that now, and I, I'm surprised I'm you even still lived. alive. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. But it was, it dulled everything. Yeah. The, the, that's the thing is, it's like, it took away the anxiety, but it took away everything else. Mm. I didn't feel pleasure. I didn't feel happiness. I didn't feel, really? I was just like, I could have been hit by a Mack truck and not even cared. Yeah, like you're just kind of a zombie going on mm-hmm. in your life, but zombie. it made you yeah. zombie, zombie. A good description, because yeah. yeah. but it made you able to like do all the things you had to do. Mm-hmm. So you're like, hey, this is a good thing, even though I'm a zombie. I'm doing my work, and, or I'm and doing my feeling. Plugging along was, was mm. kind of amazing. Mm. Yeah, it was, but it scares me to think because after I got off of it, this is pushing ahead a little bit, but after I got off off of it, I went and you know how you put your summer clothes away mm-hmm. and get out your winter clothes? Well, I got out the, the clothes for the season and from the year previous, I was now off it, mm-hmm. but and looked in there, thousands of dollars of clothes. Oh. I do not remember purchasing. Some of them- That you still, bought and never had worn even? I hope I paid for them. Oh. That's how, that is how I've never been known to shoplift before, but yeah. I cannot account for that. Interesting. That eight so months. you were so zombie, like oh, you almost yeah. have no memories of that yeah. time. Yeah. Like, and there, there were clothes that did, I hadn't even taken the tax off of, Yeah, you know, and I, we're talking thousands. It's like that experience I'm sure you've had before where like, and this has happened to me where I'm like driving and I get home and I have no memory of that drive. That's exactly. I'm like, where have I been the last 15 yeah. minutes? Like, I don't even know how I ended up here. Yeah. yeah. Except for It's it was, like this weird, almost like a trance state it, it or is. something. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly the way it was. And, okay. and it, but it wasn't for a drive. This was eight months. Yeah. You know, I don't remember family like gatherings. Dissociating. I don't oh, I don't. I yeah. don't even know. Yeah. 
I hope I never killed someone. Oh my god. <laughs> I hope not too. I'm pretty sure I'd remember that. If you ever find a body in your freezer and you're like, oh shit, did that happen? Yeah. Anyway. I'll help you take care of it, okay? That's like I say, I hope I paid for the clothes. If not, I am sorry. <laughs> That's what drugs will do to you. Yeah, yeah. And not only that, but like, I feel like they're so um, irresponsibly prescribed. Mm-hmm. And when people don't know what the effects are, mm-hmm. or they don't know that they're going down a path that's really dangerous until mm-hmm. it's kind of too late and they're already addicted, they're already stuck to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's like, you feel desperate because that's all you know is how to like numb it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this is so prevalent in Mormon women. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. So in the place I was working after I started coming off it, I was very vocal about what had happened to me. Oh really? You would not believe how many women come into me and said, thank you. (gasps) I was on it too. Really? Uh-huh. It was, okay, so yeah. you did not... How did you get past that stage of shame? <laughs> if you mind me asking. Like, because there's a lot of shame wrapped mm-hmm. up in this mm-hmm. in this cycle. In addiction, people hide it. Mm-hmm. They want to pretend like everything's fine. Mm-hmm. And they don't talk about it. So how did you get past that? Or did you not feel that caught. shame? Oh, okay. And so by now I was seeing a different doctor mm-hmm. and he actually, that makes me mad too. Cause when I was trying to get off it, I went into him because it causes you to just have, you're like shaking. Oh, it's it, withdrawals. it feels like worms are crawling up your skin. Oh. It's just awful. Your yeah. face is itching all the time anyway. And so I went in to see if he could help me, you know, with the side effects of coming off it. And he wanted me to go back on it. What? I was like almost to half dose by then. And he wanted me to go back on it. And so did you? No. So what made no. you say no to the doctor? What so, made you have the, have the strength to do that? Because that's really difficult. Because I, because I got caught. My by husband who? Your husband. Out. Okay, so yeah. your husband was really the driving force behind you getting off mm-hmm. of it and coming, mm-hmm. getting clean. Yeah. Okay. So, and you knew you couldn't start back on it and hide it from him. And or I, you didn't want to. I didn't want to. Yeah. I, no, I did not want to. I want, I knew it was a problem because, yeah. I mean, I, I knew it was going to kill me if I didn't get off it. And, yeah. I, and I loved my family, you know. Yeah. I still loved my family. I didn't want to. Yeah. So, and your anyway, kids couldn't replace you and you knew that's that. Right. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. right. My grandkids, too. Yeah. So, I, um, anyway, I did, I was asking around of how you get off this Uh you know doctors were like oh it's not addictive I was still hearing this is not addictive bullshit yeah like what do you think these yeah yeah and so anyway I finally found a resource on um oh it was a UK site it was one of the medical sites on the from the UK okay and it talks about the step down that you needed to do to get off of it okay now if it's a step down program how does that work if it's not addictive? 
Right. You know, that what I would mean? not be necessary yeah, if exactly. it wasn't addictive. Yeah. yeah. And so anyway, I followed that program. It was over four months mm. at quarter pill a week. I mean, that's how okay. you have to come down off of it. And then I started to feel again. And that was mm. almost. Was that really hard? Because I was still having panic attacks. I didn't, you know, after yeah. coming off it. Because it's realized, not a cure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a temporary. Yeah. While you take it, mm-hmm. it keeps you from having panic attacks. Yep. So did they, they started back up oh. again? Well, this is when I found meditation. Mm, so okay. I read Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now. Okay, I haven't read that. And I don't even know how I got onto it. It might have been Oprah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, anyway, because I was an Oprah fan. Me too. And so I read his book, and the meditation part replaced the need for the, for the mm. anti-anxieties. I could okay. breathe my way out of it. A panic attack and I could and then after that I also found a hormone doctor hmm. this was perimenopause oh interesting and that's what was bringing on the panic attacks or, the, uh, or so we assume because yeah. after they leveled my hormones you were okay I didn't have the panic attacks anymore interesting but, but I okay, had found so, the meditation yeah so it's gonna go yeah. back to that book so Say the name of the book again. The power, the power of now. The power of now. He wrote two that I, I mean, he's written several, but yeah, uh, um, the new earth I think is the other one. But the power of now is the one that just is that kind of like walking you through learning how to meditate. It talks about meditation, in the sense of stillness, and that is how Mm. I learned meditation. Yeah, like getting down into your mm -hmm, body. So when you think about space, how do you define space? Mm -hmm. You can't really define it unless you have objects in that space. Right, okay. And see, stillness is the same thing. Mm. Stillness is the absence of noise and not just auditory noise. It's the the absence of thoughts. thoughts. Okay, Mm -hmm. okay. And, And connecting and... Anyway, and and that's that's where I went. That's where. So the first time, because I have I became a hippie. That's what I did. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and I'm really fascinated with meditation because, well, number one, because it's very hard for me. <laughs> I haven't quite been able to figure out um, how to do it well, I guess. And I've started and stopped and started and stopped. And I guess maybe even at times I've I've questioned like. Is this even doing anything? Like, what am I doing? How is this helping me? But then when I hear people like you talk about meditation and how much it's helped them, I'm fascinated by it. Uh And I'm like, okay, I need to learn more about this. I need to do this. I need to get it. Um, But it's something I've never been very good at. So what what would you suggest as like a starting point for somebody who wants to get into meditating or how how do you even start i actually did start with a guided meditation okay and the, the teaching you the breathing okay. so it's like you have to be that's why the power of now is so so yeah. strong worked so well for me okay i'm gonna have to because, find that, get that book because it teaches you to be in the present mm. totally in the present so as you're and and I want to get rid of the the stereotypes of meditation because a lot of people think of meditation as sitting in yoga position and your hands out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Which can be. Yeah. But that wasn't what it was for me. It was just stillness. It was okay. just shutting this the the mind down. Okay. And stillness, and it it doesn't 
to me, it doesn't still doesn't matter what position I'm in. I like to lay down because my my knees don't even bend like that anymore. Yeah, yeah, sitting <laughs> I mean? like cross-legged or something. Yeah, that would cause pain and right, right. And so you, you like know. to lay down. So how do you not fall asleep? <laughs> that's ha- that has happened before, yeah. but and that's not necessarily a bad. Well, yeah, thing. Yeah, why is that a bad thing? I don't you know. know. I guess it's I kind like, of like beat myself up over. Okay, here's the things I beat myself up over. Like if I'm trying to meditate. And I'm too tired. I'm falling asleep. Uh-huh. Or that I can't clear my mind. That no matter how hard I try, more stuff keeps coming in. So help me. <laughs> okay. So if you are focusing on your breath, okay. it will be impossible for anything else to come into your mind. What? Because you can't think about. Yeah. Okay. And, and think of anything else. So if all you okay. do for, you know, five minutes okay. is, is focus on breathing and there's a chakra breath that you can do okay. where you actually feel the air going down your throat. Yeah, like you kind of like, like almost envision what it looks like going yes. in and filling yes. up your mm-hmm. lungs and then going out. And then, and I also release that way because... Okay. For me, release is verbal. I want to mm. shout it out. And so oh. you can't always shout it out. So if you send it through the chakra, the, the voice chakra, through the throat chakra, yeah. it feels almost like you've just screamed at the world. Really? If you are releasing something, then yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, and also like as you're laying there or you're sitting there, focus on how does this feel? Okay. And, and sit in a space, I'm going to use that word because there's no other way to describe it, mm-hmm. in a space of isness. Don't okay. think this is the floor. Don't, mm-hmm. don't give it a, that I'm feeling on my legs. This just okay. is. This is something that feels this way against my legs or against my feet. Against so my you're back. not labeling. Don't label anything. Mm-hmm. Isness, including yourself. I am... This is something that Eckhart Tolle will teach you. Okay. Is I am is the most powerful statement you can say. Don't finish it. Oh, what? Because so many people, I am a daughter. I am a mother. Uh, I am an addict. I am. Yeah. I am. I just, I, That's I just am. That's all you need. I am. Oh, wow. It, what's the guy that, um, I'm, not, I'm not very good with names, but he, he said, I Think, therefore, I am. Or I, oh, yeah. I think that's backward. I am, therefore, I think. Yeah. <laughs> huh. You have to be You have to be a presence before yeah. you think. You're not a presence because you think. Oh, interesting. Okay. See, these so. are like deep things that I have to kind of like untangle mm-hmm. in my brain for it to yeah. make sense. Because yeah. it seems like it's kind of jumbled up. And like I have to be like, okay, how does that make sense if I pull it all out? And and the, the meditation thing, it, it takes practice. It's like everything else. It takes okay. practice. And I, I've described it like this. It's like when you are driving somewhere new and you have to listen to Siri the whole way yeah. to get you there. Then the next time you go there... Eh, yeah, a few turns, you know, tell me where, where to stop, that kind of yeah. thing. By the third or fourth time... You could do it in your sleep. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a, it becomes need, a subconscious. You don't need directions anymore. So meditation, I it, it feels like, I, I don't want to say place because then people think of out-of-body experiences. Okay. But a space. It is a space. 
that mm. my being goes. Okay. And and that that's kind of the way it feels is like yeah. now it's like, yep, been there kind of. And so how do you thing. did you start out saying, "Okay, I'm going to meditate for 5 minutes a day." Mm-hmm. Like did you set a some kind of a schedule or goal yeah. of and like I, what you were going to do? I did. And okay. I and I started out daily. Okay. And it was just like 5 minutes a day. But I have a friend who does palm that she reads your like the lines reading? in your hand yeah. anyway and she she told me you need to have inner voice appointments every mm. single day and I don't call it meditation anymore I really don't okay. it's an inner voice appointment inner I am meeting with myself ah, and okay and when you meet with yourself you find somebody else you oh find, interesting yeah so anyway, huh. so so that is really what helped you get mentally healthy mm-hmm. after you got over your addiction. Yeah. That That's and amazing. the hormone therapy. I really yeah. think I was so your hormones were out of whack. If you get to be forty something women mm-hmm. and you start having anxiety attacks, get your hormones checked before you start having anxiety because yeah, yeah. Anyway. And isn't it kind of suck that so many doctors don't know what the hell mm-hmm. is going on? Mm-hmm. Like, I have Even a real... Even OBGYNs. Yeah. They should know. I have some trust issues you know? with doctors. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, I do too, but... Yeah. <laughs> I've had some... Yeah. It's just like, they don't know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. My husband's always like, why do you go to a doctor, but then you ignore everything they say? <laughs> I'm like, that's just so that I can be validated that I'm right and he's wrong. That's oh, why I go. sisters. We oh, are sisters. Oh my God. We really are. <laughs> Totally. He's like, but they did go to medical school. I'm like, I don't care. That's yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I totally get that. So, yeah. But anyway, so yeah. And so during my meditation, I started identifying, I'm going to use the word presence because okay. I really hesitate to use the word God now because there's so Ooh. many connotations attached to it. Right. It's to me. And I, I call it source. Okay. Okay. So, because it's a connection. I feel the connection to something. So it's but, like a higher power? Nope. Because nope. Okay. I don't think this source would ever put them higher than you. Oh, interesting. It's a part. So it's like an equal or a, it's part of you. Part of you. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I like that. So anyway, so so I even hesitate to use higher source, but okay, but I get it. That makes sense because it's a way of like putting you in your place, like you're less than. Right. Right. Higher power. Yeah. Yeah. And and when people say God, your mind automatically goes to the bearded white guy with (laughs) with blue eyes. You know, Christ with blue eyes. Yeah. Really. Really. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. It's Jewish, right? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> that just anyway. doesn't make sense. Yeah. But yeah, doesn't. I kind of, I like that definition because um, I feel like God, God is not a person. Mm-hmm. God, for me, like I just feel like that whole idea of what Heavenly Father was mm-hmm. in the Mormon church no longer rings true to me at all. Mm-hmm. But I'm still trying to figure out that source that you're talking mm-hmm. about. So tell me more about that. So anyway, that actually, when my connection, so I would leave a meditation. See, I talk about it as if it's a place. I would leave a meditation session mm-hmm. with the feeling I can only describe as homesickness. I don't know how else to describe it. It's like connecting with 
love and then having to leave. Oh, weird. Does that make sense? Like, um, not wanting to go back to the real world. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, many times. Like, this is so beautiful Mm -hmm. and peaceful, Mm -hmm. and now I have to go back to life. Yes. Ah, yes. And not just, not just beautiful, but, but total acceptance. Mm -hmm. When, when you say only love. Mm-hmm. love that's it I mean that's all that's all that you, that's necessary so when you're in that space you are not judging yourself no no interesting no just total acceptance of everything as is yeah the isness that I'm talking about yeah everything just is everything mm, it I is what that. it is it's yeah. just yeah that's beautiful anyway so this connection that I uh, that I was feeling during these meditative sessions if for mm-hmm. lack of a better word became a shelf item mm. because I would go to church and I would hear you know condemnation and this man in heaven that was our father and supposedly love us but was gonna that send us all the hell strict if we didn't. obedience yes yeah. yes and I'm like that not that That didn't feel right that's not the the source i feel interesting and so and it it became a problem you know like in release society and stuff and i would i would voice my opinion and one lady i was serving in the relief society with her at the time Uh she says we all know you're the resident hippie oh my gosh It's okay. It really is. It's okay. Because I'll be the resident hippie if it means I get that peace. I'll I'll do that. But see, that's that's one of the things the church teaches is that God and his power and his spirit is outside of you. Yes. And that you have to... That you have to be worthy of it. Uh That you have to be obedient in order to receive it. You have to check all the boxes. Mm -hmm. And what you're saying is that you were feeling that spirit or source or whatever that Mm -hmm. piece was within your damn self and you're like this is not outside of me I don't have to do this checklist in order to feel Mm that or to be worthy of that love you don't need a prophet oh god right because yeah the the source is within you Mm. when when Christ says that so I've hung on to two scriptures and one of them is be still Mm. And know I am God. I think it's Psalms. Okay. Anyway, that's one because stillness, mm-hmm. it, that's the space. Yeah. Stillness is a space. Yeah. It's actually where you can be. It's a place you can be. Yeah. It's not just lack of noise. Right. Okay. And so that one and the power of God is within you. And that's, oh, yeah. I think that's James. I like that too. Anyway, that is so true. That's yeah. literal. Yeah. The power of God or the kingdom. It's the kingdom of God oh, is within see. you. So see that's if you if you look at like even child development, which that's what my degree's in. But mm. anyway, so it's a proven fact that children that learn to self soothe okay. become more well adapted adults. Okay. So if children that are always picked up the minute they start to cry Ah. And not that you leave them crying until they're sick or anything, you know right, what I mean? Right. But if they are a little bit fussy and you just let them sell, learn to self-soothe, it's it's proven fact. They become Interesting. More, more well-adjusted what about What about thumb suckers? <laughs> well, there's probably, that's, that's a, a self-soothing. That's a form it of self-soothing. It is and a, I know yeah. like, like my it's experience. It's still kind of extrinsic. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because my daughter, who was a thumb sucker, literally from the moment she left my womb, she was sucking Uh her thumb. Uh And she was the easiest child. Mm -hmm. She just always self-soothed and I, I always thought that was kind of an interesting concept yeah. because my other kids were all dependent on pacifiers and uh-huh. mom to uh-huh. like fix their problem and yeah. she always she would kind of fuss a little bit and then she'd find her thumb and she'd be like I'm good yeah and I thought that was interesting yeah, yeah. and so so see that right there tells me the power to calm uh, is right within you're you. born with it yeah you, you don't, don't have to I mean? find yeah. it outside of yourself yeah Interesting. Yeah. And and we are kind of in a society where we look to the extrinsic. Oh, totally. For everything. Totally. I mean, the, a, a reward for this and a trophy for that and, a, and the likes and the, that you get on social media. And the, those are totally. all extrinsic the validation rewards. The validation. Of, yeah. yeah. And, and it, those are all extrinsic. And I think it is causing us to move outward more yeah where we're, where we need to be is inward mm. and and the church any church yeah. is extrinsic you yes. are looking for the kingdom of god mm-hmm. in a building in a lesson in a something and you're looking for somebody else to guide you there yes. or to tell you yes. where who you need to be where you need to go what you need to do yep. all those things right yeah and the church really wants you to be dependent on that. Mm-hmm. So it's very deeply Not just ingrained. Our church. Oh, yeah. All churches. Yeah. yeah. And just from my experience, the church was always like, you know, it the Holy Ghost will be with you if, mm-hmm. you know, da 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 da. Mm-hmm. And that Holy Ghost is an outside source that you want mm-hmm. to make you feel good, so you do all the things in right. order to to have the Holy Ghost with you. But they never teach you that it's inside of you all along mm-hmm. and that if you could just get inside yourself and listen to your mm-hmm. own knowing. And it's the listening. Because yeah. it's there. I, yeah. I'm, I'm convinced anyone can find it. Yeah. It's there. But you maybe a lot of people can't listen. find it because they've been so trained otherwise. Mm-hmm. The extrinsic. Yeah. Yeah. And when Eckhart Tolle talks about the ego... Okay. The ego is actually another extrinsic okay. way of controlling. And the the ego doesn't it its survival its survival skill mm-hmm. is to make you need it. Oh, interesting. Kind of like the church. Kind of like the church, which yeah. is a big giant ego. <laughs> really? Okay, well. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. So anyway, so ex- extrinsic versus intrinsic is is okay. a big thing. So at this be. point, you've been through a lot of shit in your life, and <laughs> you are now starting to listen to your own knowing, mm-hmm. and you're recognizing that when you go to church, you're not feeling I'm not feeling it. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I would come home from church so frustrated. Because it was like I wanted to share what I had, but nobody could listen. People use prayer and meditation Hmm. almost like they're 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 the same thing. Yeah, they're the same thing, and they are not the same thing. Okay. Because prayer, you're asking or thanking someone else Mm -hmm. outside of yourself, Mm -hmm. and meditation, you're going inside. Not only that, but prayer is using words, and words are descriptive. Ah, Meditation is isness. It just is. Is. It's just existing. The, the space just is. The power just okay. is. It's not. You don't have to use words. Ooh, and I'm okay. using I'm words really to describe to, yeah. it. But when you're in that state, you will realize 
Just there's no words necessary. There's no words necessary. Okay. And I'm not I'm saying prayer is a bad this. thing. Yeah. I, I right. firmly believe in collective prayer. Mm-hmm. I think there's power in many people praying for the same thing. I, mm. I do. I like that. the collective energy. Yeah. So I'm not saying prayer is a bad thing, but right. I do. But think it's not the same thing as meditation. It's not the same thing. Okay. And when I'd go to Relief Society and they would, you know, just use them back and forth, flip flop, you know, I'm mm. just like, no. Interesting. <laughs> I would get so frustrated, and yeah, and that just built. And that's when they start calling you a hippie. Mm, yeah, that's <laughs> when I become the resident hippie. <laughs> anyway, so so anyway, that that just became one more shelf item. Yeah, and then um, I was working as a family history consultant for our stake, mm-hmm. and a lady came in with a journal entry of one of. Joseph Smith's polygamous wives. Mm. And that is the first I had ever heard that he was a polygamist. Oh, wow. We're talking 50, over 50 years in the church doing all of the research I was supposed to do. You know, the guided research. Yeah. And I did not know he was a polygamist. And the thing is, is through the family history research, you know, training and stuff, mm-hmm. I had seen that many people had sealed themselves to him. And so yes. I just thought, you know, it was one of those things. The explanation that, is yeah, they so wanted to be sealed to him to, and it was like profit. post yeah. after he had died, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. But this was one, it, it, actually, I can't remember the name of the girl. She was a sister mm-hmm. and I believe they were orphaned and they were taken into the Smith's home and they were working as like, yeah household girls you know yep. housemaids and um and then joseph smith approached them both about yeah polygamous po- polygamy and they married him mm-hmm. and then at the time he was fighting with emma mm-hmm. over this whole thing and she he she told him that if she could pick the wives she would accept it okay and he picked these two girls she picked mm-hmm. those two yeah, girls she picked these two girls mm-hmm. and so they did a mock mm-hmm. wedding. Mm-hmm. Anyway, at the time, he's like, "Oh, okay. Um, oh shit, yeah. I, we gotta hurry and let's hurry and pretend yeah. like we're not already married." Yeah. And at the time when I read this, because it was, I think it was a copy of the journal. I'm pretty sure it was a copy. Yeah. But you you could see it was in her handwriting, mm-hmm. you know. And and I had seen the Bible where this this girl had recorded her children's names. Mm. So I mean, I was pretty good at comparing. By that point, comparing mm-hmm. handwriting, mm-hmm. I knew this was her writing. This was not something someone had, and I thought so that was a bombshell. Oh, I thought I had I had found something that was so secret. I was oh, like, really? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, like, guess what, everybody? And they're like, yeah, we already yeah, knew that. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I was like, how is it that my never Mormon friends? Knew more about my church history than I did, and I had lived in. That's that by life. design, oh, you know. Life. That's the whole I design know. of the church. <laughs> it's just like because I'm, your non-Mormon friends were allowed to look at any source yeah, they wanted to. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so I did. I did some deep dive research into polygamy, yeah. and so that anyway. really shook you to learn. Oh, that. big time! Yeah, big time. I was. I was so upset. Well, I finally come to the conclusion. This is all this. All what forms. year would this have been, if you can remember? This was 2018. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Okay, yeah, about 2018. Okay. Anyway, and so I come to the conclusion after we're we're pro- talking probably six months, eight months of mm-hmm. the research, that 
he was a fallen prophet. Mm. That he had he had received the first vision that the Book of Mormon was still true. He but, but he's still away, kind of like David and Solomon and yeah. you know, would, and so that's okay. where that's where I had come to because I, I couldn't be the whole church, right? <laughs> it was just him, and then and yeah. that maybe that's how you justified like, oh, he was taken from the earth. Uh huh. I it. did. I yeah. did. That's that makes perfect killed. sense yeah. to me. Anyway, so I made the mistake. Of telling my bishop, oh, oh that Joseph was I a saw. fallen prophet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my my husband was with me, mm-hmm. and he is known for he calls a duck a duck. The I bishop mean, you're talking about, no, or your husband. husband? Okay, gotcha. The, he he's known. He's famous for that. Yeah, and he just so, says the truth. Yeah, we went in there, and I told the bishop what I thought. And my husband said something of something to the effect, well, if I want to bang 14-year-olds, all I have to do is say I'm a prophet. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, so the bishop, he was screaming. Oh, I mean, he had no. a, a hold of the sides of the desk, and his face was red. His eyebrows were white. He was so what? mad. Nobody talks about that man in, like that in my presence and wow it was awful it was just awful because i'm why did those he people take it that, so personal that I seems don't know. bizarre to and me at the time he brought up that he died his last words were my god to, to god something yeah yeah well come to find out that's the yeah masonic, masonic. Yeah. yeah anyway i didn't know oh it at the time gosh. so Anyway, so we finally got this meeting calmed down, promised mm-hmm. to come back to church. We were we hadn't been going to church, that's why he called us in. Oh good. Okay. And so, um and we told him we would come back to church and he said he told me it cannot be both ways. He is either a prophet and the church is true. And he told me I could not be a buffet Mormon. That's why you can't oh, select things wow. that you don't believe in. It's all or nothing. And so I went wow. home. I was bound and determined to prove that Joseph Smith was a prophet. I, mm. I seriously had that in mind. I was like, okay, I'm going to make this work. Wow. I'm going to find out how he could do these horrible things and still, and still be a prophet. Wow. And so I, tur- I, I only allowed myself... The approved sources, mm-hmm. you know how that is. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't go to anti Mormon literature. Yeah, no anti Mormon stuff. Right. So I stuck with church literature, mm-hmm. and then I did give myself license to go into the academic libraries. Okay. And um, I knew how to do that because I had worked in in one for five years when I was working for a university. Oh, okay. And so I did pull. I couldn't believe how many Dr. Lister's dissertations mm-hmm. there were on church history, polygamy, post-manifesto polygamy. Yeah. Anyway, and so, and, oh, God, they are so boring. They're just so boring. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, doctorate oh, dissertations are hard to read. They're terrible. Yeah, they really are. They're wordy on purpose, mm-hmm. you know, because they have to have so many pages. And mm-hmm. anyway, and, and I did do a few theses too. There's some um, mm-hmm. master's thesis that are pretty good. And anyway, so that, and then I swear this was my dad oh. <laughs> that dropped the um, gospel topic essays in my lap. Oh, my dad was gone by then. Oh, your dad had passed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dad had passed. And I know people think that's, that's a weird thing to no. say, but I, I know it was him. You felt like he guided you to them. 
Oh, interesting. Like, you and didn't I, know they existed. Nope. And you found them. Yep. I found the gospel topic essays and it was pretty much over by then. Yeah. I read them and I'm the type of person that when I read something, I check all sources. Uh-huh. And the sources didn't line up. Yep. Some of them were from flat out lies yes and i was just like this is not and it just isn't it isn't right no and it's genuinely like if if anybody reads the sources they would be able to recognize the lies Mm -hmm. because they take Mm -hmm. things totally out of context context. or they just completely lie lie. and then the source says the opposite of what they said in the The blacks and the priesthood one yeah that there is one source, I think it's nine, if I remember right, okay. and that is a lie. An absolute lie. Absolute lie. And they're hoping that you won't check the sources. Yeah. I well, really think they don't. aren't. Yeah, most people don't. Yeah. Because they're lazy learners. <laughs> <laughs> well, like we're us. lazy learners, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so at that point, I seriously stepped back from my computer and said out loud, I, I remember hearing myself say it, my God, I am trying to defend a guilty man against the evidence. Mm. This is a recipe for insanity. Yeah. And at that point, it was... It Just like was, smacked you across the face. Yeah. Yeah. It, at that point, it was one of those hold my beer and watch this shit because it was <laughs> research. <laughs> it was a research frenzy from then on. I yeah. I allowed myself any... Anything. Anything. And... Then it was down the rabbit hole. Yeah. And I remember at one point, I, the, the things I was finding was just upsetting me so bad. Yeah, and yeah. I would be crying and just, mm. and my husband was like, just stop, just stop. Yeah. Just Because he didn't like he, seeing that you were feeling Yeah. Pain. And I realized there's a saying, the only way, I, it's from a book. Only way out is through is or through. something. Yeah. And I realized I'm in the middle of this vortex. Yeah. And if I don't finish, yeah. I will be in this vortex forever. Yeah. And so I just had to say, buddy, leave me alone and let me suffer. Yeah. Because I had I had to go through. Yeah. And so and when by the time I I down the rabbit hole and I remember reading it was about well it was after COVID so this would have been probably. You know, two years. Oh, I know it was two years because yeah. I read the CES letter. Okay. And when I read it, I was just like, well, that could have saved me two years. Do you <laughs> right? know what I mean? Oh, it yeah. really, because it, it is so concicely it written. Is. It is, it's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it just, just takes breaks out, it all down. Takes out it's... all the bullshit and just gives you the facts. And and I I almost wish I'd found that sooner, but I probably wouldn't have trusted it if I hadn't gone through the work. Yeah. You know? I think that's but, true. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, if I hadn't read, like, Rough Stone Rolling. Oh, Gaga Maggot. Yeah, that's the worst book ever, right? That's like a doctorate dissertation. Oh, yes. It's it's terrible. But I, like, forced myself to read the entire thing. All the way through the book, I'm like, I hate this book. I want to stop. But then there would be, like, little nuggets. It would be really Mm -hmm. interesting. But, like, I forced myself to read it. And it's a faithful source, right? And um, and then the Gospel Topics essays and all this stuff. And it wasn't until, like, I knew that it was all bullshit and I had, like, essentially made the decision the church is not true. And then I read the CS letter and I was like, oh, good. That yeah. validates everything. Yeah. See, it just that, validates that I'm right. That's where I was at, too. I read it after the fact. And, and I, yeah. I seriously thought, well, that could have saved me two years, you know. But <laughs> anyway, so coupled with COVID, which, I mean, yeah. we couldn't go anywhere. and. Yeah. I was especially bad because I cannot wear a mask, so I went nowhere oh, for yeah. basically a year and a half. So I was deep yeah. in research, and you oh. know, and 
So anyway, it was just uh, one of those yeah. things. So. Super painful, yeah. super like earth shattering, yeah. changes everything. Yep. So, Roller coaster ride. Yeah. And so now they're wondering, why haven't they come back to church? You know, we've opened oh. things up and we haven't been back. And Has anyone reached out to you? Yeah, there's oh. been a few. Not to me. Not ah. to me personally. Okay. They, they will to my husband. But Why do you think that is? Um, because <laughs> this, this blows me away. But when we were, I think they were just starting to open back up from COVID. Okay. And my husband went to the bishop who was, and he said, I want you to just leave us alone. Because mm. if you back her into a corner, it's going to get ugly. Yeah. And that blew me away because I kid you not, I told you, I wouldn't even kill spiders. <laughs> I hated confrontation. Yeah. And when he said that, I mean, this is the person that knows me better than anyone in the world. Yeah. And when he said that, I'm like, have I really changed that, that much? much? Oh. But it's true. Yeah. The sister missionaries came the other day oh. and I I was kind to them, kind uh-huh. enough. I wouldn't let them in the house, but I was like, I I wanted to find out who had sent them because mm-hmm. I'm going to tell them they come again. I'll invite them in and yeah. they'll get my PowerPoint. Yeah, no kidding. So <laughs> just please don't send them because yeah. I don't want to do anything do that to anybody's child because they really are just children. Yeah, they're just children. They are just doing what they've been told to do. And bless their hearts, you feel sorry for them. No, I do. I do. I feel bad for them. But anyway. Interesting. And so did you, so I'm sure after your husband tells the bishop that, he's he's put the word out to the ward council, don't mess with her. And that's the thing. It's like, I've been in those positions. I know exactly what they're saying. You know exactly. Let's let's have her come do a, a presentation on something to get her activated. And you know what I mean? Yeah. I've done Let that her know to she's people. needed. Yeah. And I've done that to people. It makes me sick. Yeah. But I know that's the way I'm being discussed now. Yeah. <laughs> so. I've been anyway. so glad that, because I went to the bishop um, when I left. And I, I sat down and had a conversation with him and just said, I want to be taken off all of the lists. I do not want to be a project. Do not come to my house. Do not send anyone else to my house. Do not talk to my kids. Do not, like, I was just very, and for the first time in my whole entire life, it was easy to set boundaries for some reason was about that. empowering? That. Oh, so empowering. So I want to do that so bad. I just, I felt like I was on cloud nine afterwards. I really was. It felt so good. Yeah. And I called my bishop by his first name. <laughs> And I would, too. For some reason, it felt so good. I was just like, take me off your list. And and, and he respected my wishes, and they have not bugged us. And I'm actually really grateful for it. In fact, I texted him, like, maybe six months after, and I just said, hey, I want you to know that I really appreciate that you respected my boundaries and my wishes and that we haven't had anybody bothering us and and you are a good friend and you're a good person I knew he was I mean he's genuine that's the thing is most of the people in the church are doing the best they can at that level absolutely at that level and And, and I feel so bad for him because it's like they slough it off the the Mm -hmm. bad stuff the excommunications and stuff like that they slough that off to that to that level yeah it's not fair it's not fair and they're victims of the system Mm -hmm. just as much as we are yeah. So, and they, a lot of them need to be there. It's like, like, like I said yeah. before, it, it is for some people, you yeah. know, and, and so they, they might need to be there as bad as I need to be out. Not, yeah. Not there. Yeah. 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 So anyway, 
But that's, I love what you say about, um, like feeling that, I I guess maybe you don't call it spirit, you call it source Source. or whatever, Mm -hmm. inside of you. Mm -hmm. And that feels very empowering Mm -hmm. to be able to say, like to walk away Mm -hmm. from a church that taught you that all of the feelings come from the truthfulness of that church Mm -hmm. and their God and their Holy Ghost and all that, but to walk away and you didn't have anything taken away from you. No. You're still you, you're Mm -hmm. still, you know... Yeah. All the things without Well, that. and then another thing is it's like I I've, I've talked to a lot of people that are that are out and a lot of them fall into a space of atheism which I think that yeah. is just what if that's where they need to be that is great. Yeah. But I have noticed that a lot of them land there and then mm-hmm. come back around maybe there's something. Yeah. I never had to do that because mm-hmm. I had found source first. Yeah. Before I had lost Heavenly Father yeah. that was in quotes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. definitely different than my experience because that's yeah. that's totally how I am. I'm like still in that floundering stage of thinking there's not a God or at least for sure there's not the God that I was uh-huh. taught. Yeah. And then, but I really want there to be something. Mm-hmm. And I am recognizing that like I, my inner knowing and that I can like trust my instincts and my gut and listen to my mm-hmm. own It takes a while to trust yourself again, though. It totally is because I subverted my own knowing Mm -hmm. for somebody else's my entire life. Mm -hmm. And here I am, 46 years old. You fall for the, well, the spirit told me this. You know, you have Mm -hmm. those spiritual experiences, which we now know what they are, you know. And and there's still some that I'm like, well, that was kind of weird. I don't know how I'm going to... You know, yeah. how I can account for that one. Yeah, how you stuff explain that, certain Especially things. things that happened when I was doing family history research. Do you yeah. know what I mean? There's like, ooh. But then I think, okay, those people were real. Yeah. They are connected to me. Yeah. They did possess energy on this earth. Yes. What? Why wouldn't they want me to know where they were? Yeah. Or who they were? Or, you know what yeah. I mean? I have a connection to them. They're in my DNA. Interesting. Yeah. So, so that you know makes sense as to mm-hmm. why I was able to, to find them and and yeah yeah the and to kind of feel their presence in a way. Oh, absolutely. Would you describe it that way? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. so interesting. Because I I had several experiences that were they were ghostly. Yeah. <laughs> you know. What I mean? Yeah. There's no other way to explain it. Yeah. You know. So so interesting. Okay. So yeah. I have to get the Eckhart Tolle book. Mm-hmm. Say it again. I'm so and the bad. power of now. The power of now. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's old. Okay. It's like I mean, when did I read it? I read it in 2009. Oh, okay. So it's yeah, it's old. But. So okay. So I need to read that book. I want to learn some more about meditation and just kind of exploring that side of things. And, and if you have to lose the whole meditation word. Okay. Don't think of it as meditation. Yeah, because that kind of think of it as sitting it. in the space of stillness, or stillness. or um, because meditation really does carry. You know, you see the monkey with. The... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And that's how you think of meditation. A lot of people yeah. think of meditation. So sometimes just losing the yeah. the, the word that supposedly defines it is yeah. what would help you. But okay. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So, yeah. I love that. I I yeah. just think I don't know. I loved meeting you and getting to know you and 
I know. It's just, great. yeah, I feel like we should have been friends our whole lives. Yeah. Yeah, now yeah. I want to hang out with you more. Okay. So, and I'm, I'm for that. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to tell our listeners, I'm really proud of her today because she showed up in a tank top. I am showing my porn shoulders. I love it. <laughs> and I bought this top for you yeah. a long time ago. Did and, you? Uh-huh. Yeah. Is it one of the ones that you pulled mm-hmm. out of the closet no. that, with no. the tags on it and no. you don't know if you paid for it? <laughs> oh, God. I hope I paid for those clothes. <laughs> We, we forgive you if not. We do. We oh, I know, you. but will Dillard's? <laughs> <laughs> what they don't know won't kill them. It's fine. Oh, it's been a long day. Statues Maybe that's why they went out of business. <laughs> I hope not. I'm just teasing you. Anyway. But well, yeah. Were you able to share everything that you wanted yeah, to share? Was I, there any parting did, thoughts you had? I did want to talk a little bit about... So on Mormon Stories Podcast, there was a... Just... It was been this spring... There's a girl. Okay. Her name is Lizzie. Ooh. I don't remember all of okay. everything. It was Liz, Lizzie Bean, I think. Okay. I anyway, she gave an analogy. Okay. That was absolutely beautiful. Okay. And she talks about sitting in a house with people that love her and everything she needs is there. I can't remember the whole thing, mm-hmm. but I took that analogy and I wanted to experience that. Yeah. So I went to the Salt Cave, which is. For me, the creme de la creme of meditation places. It's, okay, okay. It's in... Oh, it's in like Fork, Pleasant Grove or something. Pleasant yeah, Grove, yeah somewhere American Fork, someplace like that. Anyway, and and I I put it I put it out there that I wanted to envision this. and Like I, your intention. Yeah, my intention was okay. to be in that space okay. that she had described. And, oh, it was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. I think mine's... Mine's a little bit different than hers, but yeah. the bottom line of what she said was look up. Mm. So you're looking, so this will be my description and hers I think will be a little bit different because okay. yeah. anyway, but um, you're looking out this window and for me, it was just a window. I know she described it as being in a house. Okay. But for me, it was just a window. Okay. And the people I love were with me looking out this window and it's beautiful and there's trees and, and it was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I got this look on my face and took my elbow and smashed the window. Just, oh. and pieces of glass just went all over and everybody that was around me was just looking down at this glass and just, they weren't mad at me. Broken hearted, and I was looking down at the glass for a long time too. And then I looked up okay. and realized this was just a window. It is so much bigger. Mm. The beauty, the vastness, the belonging, the love. Yeah. Is so much bigger. Yeah. And when you're, sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> when you are in the church or in anything, that it was keeping me from growth. Yeah. And I did not realize that at the time. For the longest time after my faith crisis, I said, I wish I could just go back. I wish I could just brain vomit and get rid of all the information I have so I could just go back. And Because now, it was kind of like a safe container. Yeah. 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 But now, seeing the vastness and what is really out there and the connection to source that is so much more beautiful than that what is described yeah and the and and what they describe as heaven mm-hmm. 
for a woman, that is not oh, heaven. God. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. is that is not heaven. Just right. like my temple experience, it was just like, no, no, that is not heaven. But what is out there? Uh-huh. And that it, you can see once you break the glass and look up. And that that was her message in that podcast, too. Mm. I know it was look up, I think. But anyway. So is the window kind of the structure of what yes. they've told you is everything there is? Yes. And, ha- and breaking that yes. is getting rid of it and opening up yourself to all the things. Yes. And I think when she described it, there was an earthquake or something. I'd, mm. I'll have to go back and listen to it. But anyway. But when you I, shattered it with your elbow. I did. I did it on purpose. Yeah. yeah. I love that. And when I did and looked up. Just so my tattoo, I'm (gasps) going to get a tattoo. It's going to go on my arm and it is going to be this window with shattered glass on below it and look up. I love it. Because it is so much more beautiful than and so much more amazing. Yeah. That that void you feel when so the supposed spirit Mm -hmm. leaves you can is it you're going to have to expand the void to fill it. To let all this in. Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's so, so beautiful. Anyway. Like it's bigger than the space is even there to mm-hmm. take it in. Yeah. 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 But Ooh, you can't, beautiful. for me, I could not experience this inside the church because the church for me created a duality. Totally. It was a, they're wrong, we're right. Yeah. Kind it's of black thing. and white. And right if you wrong. are to experience source, you've got to let go of judgment mm. because source does not judge. Yeah. Versus. So anyway. Oh, I love that so much. Oh, yeah. It's so beautiful. My heart is full. Oh. Like just listening to you and hearing your experience and like you have just this really powerful light and energy that comes from you that just like, oh, I love you. You're awesome. I love you. <laughs> she yeah. makes me feel so good. Good enough to bear my shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, love it, love it. Oh my gosh, I love you so much. We need to do this again. I know. We'll, we'll do okay. more episodes okay. maybe someday. Sounds good. Okay, yeah. thanks you all. Thanks. <laughs> you can edit it. That's all, folks. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for being here, and we'll see you next time. See you later.